0: We're just gonna get right into it. I ordered your desk, the same uh, Gator desk yep. that you got. Yep. Um, and Sweetwater, it was it was like on pre-order, or on order or something. And Sweetwater said, "Oh, it'll be like two three weeks." Cool. Three weeks. I called him. Hey, hey, that's gonna be another like three to four weeks. I'm like, eh, okay. And then I called him again after that time had elapsed, and they said, "Ah, it's gonna be late October." <laughs> oh. So, canceled that. And I just got this really, I don't know, really basic looking. They call it a desk. It's, to, it's a table. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I thought, you know, this is going to be good. I can mount on my lights. My lights mount perfectly. But this thing, this boom arm, there's like this big metal frame around the bottom of the, you know, the edge of the desk. And it's really struggling to grip. Clamp so on there. Every time I move it, it wiggles real hard. So I got I to gotta use one of th- this thing or you screw it down. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was going to say just bolt it
0: right to the table. Yeah. I've been real
1: happy with this one. I got the blue, the blue arm here. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty good. It's really really nice. So uh and I apologize about the desk thing. I do actually think I am partially or maybe wholly to blame for the back order cuz I the, my Sweetwater guy, um shell effect Yeah. They said that when I made the video about putting this room together, that those desks went on back order like that and they have not been able to keep up. So I apologize.
0: Well, you know, what's really annoying is that when you venture beyond Sweetwater, um, they're, they're out everywhere else too. And I found some from some other, like, you know, live sound, you know, studio sort of website. And, um, they said they were in stock and I shot them an email and said, Hey, when can these ship? And they said, Oh, they're not in stock. I'm like, What are
1: you Yeah? Yeah, it happened. It's a great test though, I got I have to say. Yeah. Well um,
0: I'm I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I bought like a Furman power conditioner that's in the floor. I'm gonna get like a thing and like mount it underneath. Dude, just
1: make just make a rack for it. Just make that's, a rack box.
0: Well, you know what's funny is the the table legs are almost the perfect width. So I may uh, like build it into the side where it just like yeah, <laughs> the side yeah, of the desk a little I can,
1: sidecar <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just going out into th- the room.
1: <laughs> I have a pet peeve and it's stupid and lame, but I can't stand seeing rack gear, not in a rack, oh, whether well, it's just like sitting on a table or stacked up on top of it. The, and then I know it's like, you know, a lot of studios do that. A lot of places do that. And it's not a big deal, but it just bothers me for some reason when you see uh, with, uh, yeah. Well, I can't wait so, for you
0: to come see my mess. Uh,
1: it's going to stress me out. It's not <laughs> I'm not going to be happy with it. Just go buy a um, – get get like a, one of those SKB. I've got one here with my preamps in it. Like the SKB travel case things are great.
0: Well, what I want to do is get like, I don't know, like four or so space that I can just put on literally under the desk. Because the only yeah. thing I plan on having is the power conditioner and maybe a mic preamp. But anyway, yeah. anyway Dips in Tone. We're back. We're back, baby. Where have we been? We've been – swimming in a sea of stuff we had to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had
1: a, uh, we had a moment together a couple weeks ago where we got on the phone and we were like, all right, what's, what are we doing here? Re- what, re- what's happening? We'll
0: re- come to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> sort of yeah. Moment. yeah. Not really. So
1: well, yeah. So let's talk about that for a second because, you know, we started this as sort of a fun, not side project, but, because that makes it sound like we never have taken it seriously, which we have. But it started as like a fun, like, oh, let's just do a podcast. And then it's kind of turned into a a thing. We have fans. We have patrons. We have a lot of supporters. Shout out to the patrons here in the Discord chat. If you want to join in while we're taping live, you can do that by signing up for our Patreon link down below. Uh, but I feel like we're a year into this basically Uh, almost exactly one calendar year into this yeah we've done 40 what episode 7
0: 48 (laughs) episodes there's a bunch that just like live in the ether now yeah there's
1: there's two floating out there that we've taped and i don't know have gone live due to technical issues Uh, um but yeah i think this is episode 47 right 48
0: uh well the last one we posted was 44 Oh, <laughs> but okay, so there, the, I, I know there's at least three that we never posted. That are yeah. You can watch yeah. the live streams like back if you're if you're on Patreon, you can find right.
1: Them. So we decided we kind of had a moment where we we're like, okay, one of two things needs to happen here. Because we either need to a call it what it was, had a good time, and hang it up, hang up the pod mics forever, <laughs> just buy their mic cables, just hang them up, or B we need to double down and really make this a thing. Yeah. And I think we decided to go with option B.
0: Yeah. We're just, I mean, ultimately we've been so busy. I mean, cause you got hurt, uh, then like, you know, now you're starting to have to gig again for a little, you know, for, <laughs> we'll see. And, yeah, for we'll say. And, and then I had to move and like have just, you know, been running around like crazy trying to get everything built. Um, but we're going to you know we're going to keep it we're going to get a schedule and we're going to stick to it and we're going to make it happen and now that all this is out of the house i can do it at at a little bit more convenient times for everybody i think
1: yeah i mean if you look at our our the past 3 months 4 months i bought a house i moved and then promptly broke my collarbone and then started gigging again you got a new shop got your first employees moved completely had to blow your whole setup apart i mean it's been a crazy summer
0: yeah and and yeah. uh uh we lost jesse jesse uh he's, not dead. He's, he's not, not dead dead. <laughs> no, he's not dead no he's we just lost him we don't know where he is we can't find yeah he just <laughs> uh, hadn't showed up so no he got a job offer that was just bananas so he said hey i think i have to do this and it's like you know of course you have to do that let's go do it yeah so I, yeah. i've hired another guy uh so i have mckinley a uh, part of our destiny <laughs> fired yep team. uh yep. And and, uh, I hired a new guy named Jeff and, uh, he's doing great. So we actually, except for Wildwood Mjolnirs, we are completely caught up with all dealer orders. It, it, like right. everything, but Wildwood Mjolnirs are built, which is Crazy. probably the most caught up I've been in about two years. So, it's pretty so wild. you know
1: what that means, guys, go buy more mythos stuff so you can stress Zach out more. And yeah, get please. Him,
0: uh, <laughs> now, I, well, well, what it ultimately means is that now I can start connecting with more dealers, um, I've, I've, more dealers are are going to be like coming soon. I just got Distinctive Guitar, uh, Chicago Music Exchange got their first shipment, so they should be posting about it. I think this week. Um, so a lot of things are happening. It's really exciting, and I can finally now that I have these guys that kind of have it figured out a little bit. You know, I'm still teaching, but we can start taking on more dealers. And, and ultimately, I want to get more places abroad too because. You know, it just sucks having to ship things uh, yeah. overseas and all the taxes and customs and stuff you got to pay. So, with the podcast, what we've decided
1: is we really want to grow this thing. We want to become the leading number one guitar podcasts in the ether ever forever. That's it, A- guitar man. nerds, we're we're, we're coming, co- we're coming, for, coming you.
0: for all of we're you.
1: Coming for you, <laughs> Blake. That's it. Tone mob, listen, we're hell bent for leather, man. Y'all better look out. Uh, but seriously we want to step up our game we want to get more consistent we want to continue to grow we want to cover more topics we want to have guests on we want to bring in new elements to the show you know this has been sort of a casual fun uh hang and we're going to keep that element but we definitely want to grow it to something you know a little bit uh a little bit not higher production value but a little bit more substantial um so with that said we have uh you know if you're one of our patrons, we want to hear from you guys. And we want to hear what you think, what you want to hear more of, what you uh, want to see on the show. Uh, if you're one of our YouTube subscribers, we want to see same thing. What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to see on the show? Who do you want to see on the show? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it. Dipped in tone 2.0. It's coming. Our second year, season two.
0: Season two. I, I was, because when you post on um our um podcast thing you can pick a season i guess it's mainly for the apple stuff yeah um but uh, i was gonna do season two whenever it hit a year it'll be season two stuff, yeah so this will be yeah. season
1: two for sure
0: yes this, nice so, so there we go uh, we are gonna keep dipping rigs so yeah uh, sure. i think uh, I, this one this one's a good one um i kind of want to abandon the whole fight 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 and move back into having the um <laughs> An the, actual rig but a, a normal rig and and i That's i, cool. I I whoa! Sorry, I have to fix my ISO. It's bothering me. Standby. <laughs> um, stand by. I encourage everybody who is is a, is a uh, patron to email us a new email with your rig. And remember, it's a gigable rig, not your collection. Yeah,
1: we don't uh, want to see all your stuff. We want to see something you could actually take to a show and yeah, use.
0: Yeah, an amp or two, a guitar or two, and a pedal board, basically. So, but I have a rig here from. Mr. Brian Bishop, all right, and laid one, on me. This one's good. This is, I think, this falls into the fight, fight, fight uh, thing. And he wait. Let me read this before I post it. Okay. In pursuit of that sweet, sweet Josh Scott slide tone, this rig was born. Oh my god! And here it comes. <sighs>
1: Pow! Whoa! <laughs> oh man, I saw this one pop up in the email. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Why okay. don't you tell?
0: Why don't you tell the fine people at home what we're looking at here?
1: <laughs> oh boy, it looks like it looks like Mister Bishop went straight to Guitar Center and slapped <laughs> his money down on the table and said, "I'll take the entire three series. Give me everything you got."
0: <laughs> How many? That's what uh, seven. Seven. Yep. Is that all seven, of them?
1: Seven pedals on a board. All of them are JHS three series. That it, may be all of them. Yeah, I think there's the say. compressor. Overdrive, fuzz, chorus, delay, reverb, and is that it?
0: I think I'm. I don't know I if you weren't counting. Out. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I have them, but I'm not going to go dig them all out. It's seven. Forward. Yeah, it's seven. So okay, it looks it's like seven. it's all seven. So he's got the entire three series line from JHS here. One of these Squire is that the pawn shop uh, strats? That,
0: that's uh that's a Squire uh, fifty one. Um, I I can't remember. That looks like, that's like the OG, um, what do they call that thing?
1: It's like the pawn shop
0: series, right? Where it was like the, the Squire ones came out before that. I think they just called it the Squire 51. So this was Mm -hmm. before a pawn shop. Um, they may have brought it back, but this looks like one of the, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's basically like a telly base with a strat neck pickup and a humbucker in the bridge. In a Tele headstock. But it's a double-cut
1: strap body with a Tele right. neck on it.
0: Yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen any of those 70s Tele basses with, like, the wide-range pickup? And- yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, love those things. But, yeah, these guitars are quirky, and it looks like it has – I can't tell what pickup is in it. It's got some sort of smooth
1: – uh, It looks some sort of EMG-ish kind of thing in the bridge yeah. humbucker position. And then we've got the PV.
0: Oh, what Lord. Is that?
1: a, uh, that's a – That's a Delta De- Blues. Delta Blues. Hey, man.
0: ho it's got a it's 15.
1: <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, PV made a truck, I you think are, I just bought it. Actually yeah, I think yesterday. you did. Yeah, it
0: needs, it needs a, like blue stripes and more chrome on the outside. I think
1: it. I should. I want to find a PV. Okay, real talk. We'll, we'll get back to the rig in a second. Um, yesterday, I bought an 87 square body Chevy uh, C10. Actually, technically, it's an R10 pickup truck. Uh, somebody out there, please find me a... Period correct PV bumper sticker. I'm I'm oh, talking man. eighty-six to ninety P V electronics bumper sticker. I need to put it on that
0: truck. I thought you were Anyways. gonna get an amp badge and stick it on it. <laughs> yeah, right on the tailgate, just the P V badge. That would I mean <laughs> that would be kind of cool. <laughs> hey man, if PV made a truck. I thought it. Uh does I, I guess it's got like a six by nine speaker in the dash, probably, doesn't it? Actually the sound
1: system in it. So the the truck has been taken care of and it's got uh, the speakers and the door panels have been replaced. Okay. It's got two eight inch subs right behind the bench seat. And, a, and an amp, and then like an aftermarket head unit that you would have bought in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. The one where you can take the panel off and like hide it so people don't steal it.
0: <laughs> like an Alpine or something. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's pretty sweet, man. Well, I was just
0: going to say, like if it had any like exposed p- speaker grills, you should make those look like little PV uh, <laughs> cab. <laughs> <laughs> that really rough textured Tolex on the outside. Or carpet. Oh, man. Okay, anyway. so let's get back to this rig.
1: All right. So... What do you think? I've got mixed emotions. I need to collect my thoughts for a second here.
0: So, uh, it's, it's like half, like something you would see at any bar gig anywhere in the country. And then we failed to mention there is also a gig rig switcher on the pedal board. Yeah. Not,
1: not totally necessary if I'm honest. (laughs)
0: Right. I think that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I don't know like to me I those squire guitars are okay um if they're set up fine I mean, and I'm sure they're you know all right um I'm not a fan of I mean as much as we I mean we're joking about the PV they like, I am like I'm not a huge fan of PV amplifiers and the Delta Blues <laughs> is like you know it's it's basically the PV classic with a 15 and I think they have tremolo and I think that's really the only
1: well difference. the the PV stuff. I'll put it. I would much rather have this than a hot rod deluxe or a blues junior.
0: Man, I when, well, I was in like a, uh, I was in a band with some buddies that I'd known like forever, and I had a hot rod uh, Deville four by ten, and Kent, the other guitar player, had a PV classic fifty four by ten, and the the Fender sounded. I mean, maybe his. Who knows if he ever tubed it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. like, retubed it. Um, but it sound my Fender sounded so much better. Um, I I'm not a huge fan of them. I, I I much prefer like the Hot Rod series.
1: Here's the thing about PV amps and PV everything. Just about um, does it sound the best? No. Does it sound all that great? It's debatable. Is if, it going to work? Oh yeah. Is it reliable? Oh yeah. Is it built like a tank? You're damn right.
0: Well, it's built. It's a weird built tank. I don't know if you ever opened one of those or seen it. So
1: I'd I'd be scared too. They
0: have two circuit boards that are connected by ribbon cables. So you have to like unfold (laughs) the circuit (laughs) because I mod. I had a PV Classic Thirty that I modded, and um, it helped it quite a bit. But even then, I mean, they're they're like they are. If, if you want something that is going to perform and be consistent and you don't really have to worry about or spend a lot of money on,
1: exactly. PV.
0: And and same with the Squire. Like these are very serviceable guitars. I know a lot of people that have had them and love them.
1: And um, here's what I like about the Squire too it's a no frills guitar. It's a hard tail, there's no tremolo. Yeah. It's got a beefy telly style neck on it. Like this is a. That's a workhorse guitar. That's one that if you're gigging a lot and you're playing a lot of shows indoors, outdoors, in bars and stuff like that, and you're you don't want to take something super nice, you don't want to take something that you're precious about. That's a guitar that'll absolutely get the job done. This whole rig is a rig that'll get the job done. Uh, yeah. And if you were to spill a beer on that PV, in fact, it's that PV looks too clean. <laughs> yeah, I think he needs to spill a couple beers on it. And yeah, there's leave no it outside. R- there's no
0: rips in that tweed yet. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not comfortable with a
1: clean PV amp.
0: You know what's funny? Um, sidebar. <laughs> um <laughs> you, in Back to the Future, when Marty is um playing the Enchantment Under the Sea Dance, he's playing that like a fifty nine ES three fifty five or forty five or whatever Which not-
1: by the way, Gibson, Mark, agnesi they're on the hunt for that guitar, right. by the
0: way. But I know that's like you know it's that's one of those laughably inaccurate things because like here's 1955. Yeah. But yeah. I think the amp he's playing because he like kicks it over and stuff. I think it's a PV classic because it has just like this one has the chrome corners, which a basement right. they don't. They're just right. smooth. And I mean, someone in the chat, if they can find a screen grab of the enchant- Marty Enchantment Under the Sea amp, um, post it. But um, but anyway, but with pedal board. the the the, pedal board the the switching system is just it's so redundant um it's this is definitely a school of redundancy school so
1: first of all the jhs3 series they're great they're really good for the money i mean each one of these pedals i'm assuming he bought them new uh 90 bucks 99 bucks you could say he's just in pedals he's got maybe 700 bucks wrapped up in this rig yeah plus the tuner why why go with the loop switcher here (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think this is a joke because each switch is labeled, which is also redundant because the way this board is laid out, the switch is basically directly under the pedal that's it's in the loop. You don't necessarily need the label next to it. Right. Uh, I can kind of understand like, okay, well, you know, it's more direct signal path, but all these pedals are true bypass anyways. So are you really saving that much in terms of capacitance in your cable? I don't think so. It, Do
0: you it, need the loop switcher i don't think so it would uh, the only thing that that i think it affords you is that there those buttons are really easy to push but um,
1: so are the jhs <laughs> buttons and they're literally i know two and a half inches away from the pedal buttons
0: like i i i've seen a lot of boards like this and, and I, I i i'm i'm pretty sure brian is doing this uh in jest um that's but, a lot
1: of work to go through for adjust. I mean,
0: I, I mean a label. I can you can make labels so fast once you get one of those dimos. Um but. Now I, I will go. I ahead, mean, sorry. but all the cables are cut to length. I don't know. It,
1: it's a very clean build. <laughs> They're all soldered cables. So props to you, Brian, for that. I, if you would have come at me with this board and they were solderless, let me just confirm. Those are soldered. Yeah.
0: There's one. I think that one on the end, on the very first pedal, the very first JHS. Well, that that, that, that is like a
1: lava cable, but. But I have a lava cable kit, a soldered cable kit that had those ends on okay. it. So that could well, be a soldered cable.
0: Well, I don't um, know. I, but what's, what I was saying is like I've seen people make these boards not ironically. Like have have like three or four pedals with a pedal switcher. And I mean if you have like old stuff, sure. But sure. modern pedals, I don't know. <laughs> also,
1: also, also, have you noticed every, every knob is at 1 o'clock?
0: Except for the first one on the – on the fuzz. Except for the fuzz, which is I can't tell what knob that is, but uh, well, that's the okay. slide tone. I mean, I mean, I think ultimately, I think that where, where Josh gets slide you tone. is that he has he has he probably has a very similar setup.
1: But that's the thing is like that's unquestionably why my slide tone is superior to Josh Scott's in every measurable <laughs> way is because. I mean, not only am I a superior slide player to Josh Scott, but I just, I, I'm also not using my own line of pedals to make my slide tone. You know, it's just not it's yet. ridiculous. Not yet. I, I will be though.
0: I, I just envision him. And this is something that I wish, once, once we get our producer or whatever, we can coordinate this. I just envision Josh like eating his cereal right now and like going, someone's talking about me. Some, <laughs> hold on. Somebody's talking.
1: Listen, Rep Josh. Shawl. Get good, man. You know, get some slide chops together. My God, it's embarrassing. Uh, so, um,
0: what would you? Right. What
1: would you rate this rig?
0: Just at face value. All
1: right, this is a honky tonk rig right here. Yes, this is a honky tonk rig. The the PV the PV amp. You know the Squire, the 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 redundant board here. This is a it's a nice honky tonk. You know, it's the type of honky tonk where they've got, you know, a lot of elk and, and deer and boar <laughs> on the walls. You know,
0: they, they might have Miller Holla, Holla, Holla on draft.
1: It's the champagne of beers. You know what I mean? It's a this is a nice honky tonk. I'm going to give this seven point six shoils. You're 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 getting bonus points with the soldered cables. If you had put solderless cables on this board, this would be a four. I think. Mm. But uh yeah, I, I like it. I'm here for it. This is a good, reliable, you know. Does it sound great?
0: Yeah, it probably sounds pretty good. But it's reliable as hell and I'm here for it. I I don't like the PV amps. Um I'm not a big fan of those guitars. I wanna give it a I wanna give it a six because okay. like I think it it's totally serviceable, but pff, not for me. Uh and somebody who is this? uh zap zap rose dower in the chat posted the um the back to the future amp and it has chrome corners on the bottom but not on the top
1: let me see here i missed it uh, it may oh, just be interesting it
0: may have just been a prop
1: yeah that that looks like a
0: because he does kick it over <laughs> yeah i yeah. don't know or maybe it's like a carven that i'm sure there's a web page that um <laughs> breaks down what uh what that amp was
1: for real though. Apparently Gibson is offering like a reward or at least they were last year. They're offering a a reward to find the back to the future guitar. They don't know where it is.
0: They should pay them in a a a DeLorean or something.
1: (laughs) I would love that. What be paid in a DeLorean?
0: Yeah, I would love a DeLorean. Not like a, not, not, uh, I want one of those, the new ones where they're, like, putting an actual, like, crate motor in. Yeah, that's the
1: thing about DeLoreans is, like, people – you love the idea of a DeLorean, but you would never want to own a DeLorean. They sucked. No, a my, kid that I went to high school with had one. And oh, really? It was really? a piece of trash. Yeah. yeah my, it was awful. Uh,
0: my mom, before she met my dad, she dated a guy with one, and she said it was the worst <laughs> because she had to, like – they had to park far away because of the, the gull-wing doors. <laughs> they couldn't be next to anything, so they had to walk. She's like, it's so oh, annoying. man. Yeah. But um, – so – we didn't plan ahead on our topic. No, uh, we didn't. We but didn't. And, and you know what? I, I don't have a shill, but I kind of have a shill, and I think we could talk about this because we had mentioned these guitars in the past, yep. and I finally got one, and I, and I think this is going to take me... This is going to wind up being way more expensive than I was hoping it would be. Okay, okay. But I got a Revstar. Oh, boy. Um, so this is a Yamaha... R S six twenty. Yep. Yes. Yes. And um, so this is the two humbucker wrap tail. I took the stock bridge off of it, and I've already modified it a lot. Of but course, this guitar. You have. Right. It's really neat. Um, it is neat. They have. A pretty comfortable neck it's kind of sg like the neck okay it has a volute okay. um mm-hmm. which i'm sure people know if they know these guitars mm-hmm. um but uh you know all around like build quality is great the only thing that i have a big gripe with was the hardware and uh i don't like the tuners and some of the frets um have needed some attention i've had to like get my little uh um i have one of those stumac sanding erasers have you ever seen those yep yep uh and just like get all the frets, fret ends. I mean, that that's probably just because this guitar is, who knows how old it is. But, um, from a feel wise or feel standpoint, it's really great. And this is going to be my pickup test bed guitar. And I just kind of want to talk about going on the journey of like tweaking stuff to like really make it right. And how sometimes, I mean, I guess we've talked about this we talked about this, but
1: yeah. Yeah. I, don't and know. I also want to talk about the Revstar brand too, because yeah. I think this is an interesting discussion. Um, so I've never played one, right? Mm-hmm. I, so I don't, I can't speak from experience on the Revstar. There's a few people in the chat here, uh, that say they own them. They've bought them. They like them. And I think, I think it's a brand that's really started to come around. I remember when they first came out, it was kind of like, a, it's like when Taylor started doing the solid body electric guitars, has anybody ever bought, one of the Taylor solid body electric guitars, I'm not sh- anyone that I know. I mean, I'm sure someone has <laughs> anybody in the chat have one or has had one. I feel like there was a similar thing with Revstar when they first came out. It was like a, Oh, a Yamaha electric thing, but they've stuck around and now you've got people like Chris Buck playing them, you know, promoting them. Yeah. And, uh, Chris certainly doesn't suck at guitar and is no. not going to play a guitar that sucks. Right. No. Um, so yeah how how's the how's the fit and finish how's the build quality give us a quick a quick soils review here
0: yeah so uh, for this is is starting to get into the upper tier because there is a custom shop that I don't know if you can like spec it out yourself but they do make that's what Chris is his his is a custom shopped mm-hmm. Revstar um, the top is a satin you can you can see this on camera it's you yeah. know nice uh, smooth and the the flame veneer and the finish on the top is great. Um, the back is all shiny. Yep. Um, the, like I said, the neck, it, it's basically a Gibson scale length, um, with a pretty flat radius. I think it might actually be a 14 uh, inch radius, but the neck has t- just an SG sort of feel. But as far as like build quality, there's, there's a few parts on this one where like the finish is kind of cloudy, but I don't know if that is, um, again, from age, Right. Or, or you know, something that happened at factory. I mean, there's a few little, like, funny binding things. But um, all in all, you know, as far as, like, the build of the guitar itself, I think it's great. The big shortcoming on this, the bridge um, rattled really bad. Um, mm. There is something about the saddles because it's in the other room. But it, it's, it's kind of like – it's an intonatable rap, but right. – unlike the Schroeder, like on my Novo, or, or like on a PRS, it has almost like a Strat-style saddle that goes up and down. Really yeah. strange. Um, tuners aren't great. They're little, they have a lot of play in them. Uh, plastic nut, I think. And the pickup stock are actually really good, but like I said, this is going to be the guitar I tweak with. So I've already like reached, uh, swapped out um, the wiring and rewired it, except for the um, the switch, because I really like this little uh, kind of switched to a yeah,
1: little blade, little yeah, blade it's, switch. It's, but it's, so it's, what did that guitar retail for? Do you know?
0: What I it don't know. New? I only paid a little over 500 bucks for it. I think they're only like 800 something bucks for, for this one. Okay. But correct me if I'm wrong chat, but, um, I so don't like the price, inlays. The inlays are a little rough. Um,
1: well, like, okay. So, but at that price though, you're what, what are we competing with for solid body, double humbucker, electric you are you're above an epiphone we are kind of in the upper epiphone
0: yeah, yeah price uh, range prs se
1: yeah import which, prs um
0: wait which is are,
1: se the one that was is still made in um maryland
0: no that's s two, S s2
1: yeah God, i can't keep prs stuff straight
0: yeah se P- um, s2 core
1: right okay so your your upper upper echelon epiphone which yeah. maybe like because I know Epiphone was doing the Masterbuilt stuff for a while. I don't know if they're still doing that, and I don't know that they ever did that in a solid body like uh, Les Paul.
0: No, well example. they had the they had the Japanese elitist in Elite series for right. a while. I had one of those, great. Uh, those have now like skyrocketed, but n- yeah, I mean, like you can get they're nicer Epiphones. I mean, a normal like Epiphone Les Paul standard is like six hundred bucks.
1: Sure, um, Fender in the eight hundred category, they were doing the. um what was the the black? Guard? I remember when I was teaching. I had a student that had uh, what was the line that you could get a Strat, and a Tele, black top, black top. Yes, he had a black top Strat that I think was in that seven to eight hundred dollar range. Those Probably cool. a little less,
0: maybe. Actually. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then you know you're not going to get a Gibson USA for anywhere close to eight hundred bucks. Maybe a Les Paul Studio. You might find a used Les Paul Studio that's been kind of through the ringer a little bit for eight hundred. Yeah. So it's almost like Revstar is sitting in this sort of interesting price category. Yeah. Above an Epiphone, you know, above a Mexican Fender, below American Standard Fender, below Gibson USA, you know. Maybe maybe Schecter, you're competing with a brand like Schecter.
0: Yeah, I mean, Schecter, ESP, you know, all those guys um, are going to have something – kind of more you know that doesn't necessarily have to appeal to the heavy metal crowd sure you know i mean the schecter makes some cool quirky guitars i mean and Gretsch, um you can get some great Gretsch. for Gretsch,
1: ibanez dmars in the chat talking about ibanez yeah yeah so okay i think under a thousand bucks you're getting a solid body dual humbucker yamaha which here's the thing about yamaha products especially like their acoustics i think i have the most experience with yamaha acoustics and they consistently punch above their weight class in terms of price and sound quality and features. Yeah. Now having never played a Revstar, star, I can't speak to how they, they come across, but I think there's this interesting thing that I want to talk about before we get more into the, the modding side of that guitar, which is brand identity. Yeah. Right. Is, are people overlooking the Revstar brand because it's got the Yamaha badge on the headstock?
0: I don't know, like, I, it, it's one of those guitar brands that, and because Dennis and I were talking about this, um, it just kind of came, and then it didn't do anything, and now, I mean, we're starting to see, like you said, like, you are starting to see people play them, but even still, like, these are, this is a very well-made guitar, it's not super heavy, it plays well when when it, it has a proper setup on it, which I haven't been able to give it yet, um, but... You know, there's there's nothing wrong with these guitars and like bone stock, they're pretty pretty good. And as if you move a little higher than this, you get really nice hardware, you get like tone press bridges and stuff. But um I just feel like people I I think they got confused because they launched with like a lot of models. Um there was was, there's there's like ones with P nineties, there's ones with like a big trapeze sort of looking tailpiece there was a you know a ABR tunomatic style one that was cheaper that was all shiny like there was just a lot you know they they unleashed like the whole range and i think it might have overwhelmed people i feel like they should have dropped like a high end and a low end one and then people would have been able to like understand like what it's all about because it's basically a spiritual successor to the starfighter yamaha from like the late 70s which is pretty similar and this looks way cooler than those do so. also starfighter is the
1: coolest name for a guitar ever
0: yeah can we
1: talk about that good god Starfighter, hell yeah what do you play oh, i got a starfighter double humbucker starfighter yeah it sounds man. badass man <laughs> hell yeah
0: now you can't say that or you get sued by lucasfilm or something oh
1: god yeah take um, me there
0: but yeah i mean yeah, I, think, I think i was just gonna say i think yamaha makes like killer like guitars that do they just get overlooked like pacificas uh dan in the chat pacificas are crazy good guitars for the money there's you know strat style super strat. wasn't
1: pat metheny isn't didn't he have the pacifica line for a long time
0: i think he might have he might have had like a uh one of those more like a uh like a telly style yeah 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 that's
1: the thing is like there's an interesting discussion to be had about brand identity and how how do you make a purchase decision because we all it all plays into our purchasing decision whether we want to or not there's you know especially if you grew up listening to the type of music that we did and playing yeah. the type of music that we do you know there's this idea of like you look at a Gibson or a fender as like sort of the pinnacle of like you know when I was growing up I wanted a 335 because that's like my thing I want a Gibson 335. Yeah, There are other guitars that are equally as good or better than Gibson's out there for the same kind of price, right? You look at Heritage, you look at Eastman or whatever, but there's this idea of like, yeah, you wanted to say Gibson on the headstock. And I know for some people that plays more of a role than others, uh, but I do think that that is part of the reason a brand like Revstar has not taken off or has taken a long time to kind of catch on because it's a new brand it's out of nowhere i think the aesthetic you know the brand aesthetic is a little you know when i think about the yamaha and the Revstar logo and everything it's just kind of straight ahead in a way it's a little i don't know it it, to me it brings up the fact that there's not a lot of there's not a legacy behind that brand i think that's what it is right there's not a lot of people that have played those guitars they have you haven't grown up listening to them you haven't you know yeah uh, and they're kind of a new thing, which is you know the way people like Dennis gets around that is building guitars that are a unique shape but kind of call back to a specific era a specific time uh and they're just unbelievably well made guitars
0: yeah totally, um,
1: but I think there is something to that the the idea of like a new brand coming on the scene and the 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 aesthetic of the
0: brand affecting how well it sells and and maybe that's the the point of the conversation. Oh, and by the way, it's, it was Mike Stern had that signature guitar. I don't know if Mike Kamathini Stern ever played Yamaha's. but I'm like, sorry I pissed off all the jazz <laughs> Oh, no, people. no! My
1: assistant Chris, jazz school Chris, is going to be so upset that I
0: screwed uh, that up. Well, maybe maybe that's the the bigger question. It's like, how does a brand get into the market without just doing blatant copies? Because you, you look at this, uh, you look at Reverend, which, you know, I think they have a really strong foothold, but like, if there was someone new you know, when the Shoyles brand finally (laughs) gets off the ground, like how does, how do you, how do you find your place in, in a market with, I mean, it's, it's dominated mostly by people who love tradition and love, uh, kind of stepping into the shoes of their heroes in a way. Like, how do you, how do you launch something that does that? I mean, that's, well, tell me, Rhett.
1: I think let's, let's play armchair, uh, CMO here, chief marketing <laughs> officer. Uh, let's say, let's say you and I, the Shoals consulting firm gets hired by Revstar, by Yamaha. Um, our rate, by the way, Yamaha, if you're listening, I don't roll out of bed for less than 500 grand. So oh, I was going to yeah. say 2 million, but well, that's what I'm saying. I don't roll out of bed. That's oh, not yeah. my, okay, that's yeah. my, that's like my baseline. Yeah, like, starting, you want, now you've got it, yeah. my attention. Yeah. You know, um, but I think the way Revstar kind of came on the scene was like they, there was an initial push, and I'm just speaking based off of my memory of it, which is not very much, which I think speaks to how they kind of came on the scene. There wasn't a lot of well known players endorsing them, picking them up. They kind of just came out like, hey, Yamaha Electrics, Revstar, it's this cool, funky new thing. And it was like, oh, that's interesting. All right. You know, and until now, I think again, having people like Chris Buck play them, um, you know, having people like you start to pick them up and talk about them. Oh, me. Yeah, dude, you're an influencer, man.
0: <laughs> I do have that that uh, Amazon account. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the Yamaha website and see who other people. Who's, who's you've playing got this? tens of followers, dude. <laughs> got, you are, you're oh, influencing
1: man. the masses here. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think if you're a new brand and you want to make a splash, I think there's a couple of different ways to do it. A come out with something there's, there's the Dennis Fano method, which is something really unique and incredibly well-made where the guitar quality and tone and look and feel speaks for itself. And you just put them out there and you have enough people talking about how damn good the guitars are that they just sell themselves. Right. Um, there's the Gibson way, which is, and the fender way, which is calling back to a, golden era, so to speak, of guitar. Hey, we're, you know, the new Gibson, we're 50s less Paul, 60s less Paul. Um Fender coming out with, you know, the the Ventera series or or the pawn shop series, whatever. And then there's the RevStar way, which is kind of a new guitar on the scene, new shape, new sort of thing. And I think for that to work, you have to just get them out there, get them in as many players' hands as possible get people talking about them. Yeah. Uh, and eventually enough people will start to pick them up and try them. Then it kind of builds this organic following and it just hasn't clicked for rev star at least yet. I haven't seen enough people talking about them and playing them. There's a sort of underlying sort of curiosity, at least w- what we see here on the podcast of people bringing them up every now and then. But yeah.
0: Um, yeah. The, yeah. the only person in on their artist page, um, uh, besides Chris that we know is, um, is Jeff Schro- Schroeder from the Smashing Pumpkins. And it's like all the other musicians. I'm sure, I mean, like, they're just... Uh, well, uh, Dave from The Killers, apparently, is using them. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't recognize any of these other artists. Um, I mean, that does not that be because I don't know anything. But people in the chat were saying, like, isn't that what I had to do with Mythos? And they, that's true. Um, but I do think that today's world is a little mm-hmm. different from when I even when i gave mythos an honest try in like 2015 when i really started saying okay i'm going to see if this can work and and ultimately i i i i was just patient and didn't let it um rule my life because i had a job you know i wasn't worried about it when you're a big brand like now if i wanted to drop something entirely new and different and and th- 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 something that no one else was doing or whatever. Uh I think it it would be a little harder to do that now than it was than it would have been back then. Uh mainly because it was a different world and I hadn't hadn't done anything yet. You know, I was still yeah. like getting started. Like people might have a preconceived notion about Yamaha. Like like you're right. If this didn't say Yamaha, would that affect people's perception of it? And maybe, but there's also the
1: idea too of like Who's playing your stuff? Right. And what what it gets known for. So people in the chat here were talking about PRS. And uh so when I think about PRS as a brand, there's a couple things that come to mind. One is build quality and quality control. Every PRS I've ever picked up has been in they've been perfect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like nothing, nothing wrong. With the exception of like this uh the blue dye they were using in some of them. Have you seen that? The way the blue dye fades in the bursts? And some of their older, yeah, they have this weird problem where the blue completely changes colors. Um, But other than that, uh, PRSs are incredibly well made. But when I think about PRS and the big thing that's kept me personally away from a PRS is the image of those guitars in my brain is synonymous with butt rock and bro country (laughs) because that's what they did. In, in the early to mid-2000s all the way to the 2010s, if you were a butt rock new metal band or a bro country band, which now Nashville pop bro country just is butt rock with twang. That's, right, yeah. It, that's just what it moved over to. Butt rock um, through a Fender. Exactly. It's, it's PRS playing them. Now, they did that, and I think it worked for them because through that era, I mean, it got a lot of people into PRS. Um, and then they have the whole metal scene too, which is a different thing, which is above my pay grade as a guitar player. So I don't speak to that. But, um, when I see a, like a custom 24 or something to me, it just, the, the image I have in my brain is, you know, Creed or something like that, Yeah, which is fine. There's nothing wrong, you know, with that. When I was 11 years old and 12 years old, I loved Creed. Right. But to me, it's where I'm at as a player now, it's just not my not my thing yeah. um so yeah i think brand image who's playing your stuff you know quality the the tone of the guitar all that stuff really matters um so yeah
0: yeah i uh guys in the chat are saying their first memory of um uh, prs is santana and that's probably one of my early memories of of prs is seeing carlos santana playing them uh and, you know it's funny is like carlos played um yamaha sgs too like the uh yeah not you know it was didn't look like an SG. It was a different body shaped guitar, um, which those are cool guitars, and they've reissued those. Uh, Phil X, I think, played those for a while, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe he didn't. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's all about who you connect with early on in your career, or at least you know at the moment when you're trying to push a new product, like. To, to kind of establish what it means, or or what it what it how it's going to be perceived by the community, yeah. you know. Because if I had only made pedals and pushed them to like metal guys, I would not, you know, be here like doing this in this way. It'd be a totally different thing.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think it works. There's nothing wrong with with doing it that way. You know. I mean, you look at a brand like Dark Glass, for example. Yeah. Dark Glass makes amazing stuff. Um, but they are known and sort of synonymous with the, the, the progressive scene, you know, the metal scene, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. So what do you, what are your plans for the, uh, for the Revstar as it sits right now? It's the well, test mule.
0: It's yeah, it's going to be the, the test mule for pickups. So, um, the, the, the one major gripe, and this is, I mean, just because of what I intended on doing with it is this co- uh, control cavity. It's pretty small, yeah. So um, I cleaned up the wiring. Let's see if I can get my. I can't see. Uh, you can kind of, kind of see it. But yep. um, I, I rewired it and gave it as much room as possible. So there's actually going to be space to run all the uh, the pickup leads. But luckily, there's a little room under the pickup cavity, so I can like coil stuff around. So this is all done. But now. I need to, I bought this, this is like a cheap, I think it was like $12 on Amazon, uh, Tone Pros copy that I mainly got because I just wanted to see if it would work on the guitar. Right. Because, um, because I'm next to uh, Revolta and Novo, they have all sorts of bridges around and I was just grabbing some and like seeing if it would go on the posts and some of them would, some of them wouldn't. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, But it's, it's really strange because the placement of the bridge—it's uh, a twenty-four and three-quarter inch scale—but when I put like a normal tail bridge, it made it twenty-five inch scale, so that was not gonna
1: not yeah, gonna right.
0: fly. So right. I think I'm gonna upgrade to a real Tone Pros bridge because okay. this one sucks. Uh, it right. just like it just sucks. Uh, I didn't know I don't know why I wasted the twelve dollars on it, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna upgrade this. I want to upgrade the tuners. I want to have. Um, uh, probably Dave Johnson or, or, uh, maybe Eastside run it over there to get a really good, uh, really good fret dress and yeah. everything on it. Cause even though I, I polish them, they're kind of dingy and it just needs some, some love. And so once I get that tone pros set it up, but then it's just, I mean, like there's nothing else to it. It's just straightforward. and That's why I got it. So I'm, I'm just going to have little, um, cause it has a, a, a box style toggle switch. Yep. I can just tack the leads. I added some big wires to just touch the ground. So it's going to be really quick to install pickups. Uh, These pickups, I'm just going to let everybody know, sound like crap. (laughs) (laughs) Self-shill. Yeah. uh, I was really disappointed um, with the bridge. It sounds really bad. And, you know, I don't know if that's just this sounding crappy, uh, but I think it's just the pickup sounds like crap. And the neck doesn't sound all that great. And they're out of phase, which I, I, I figured they would be because I wound this one the opposite direction. Um, Did that Peter Green thing going on though? Yeah, I mean, you can, but like, I mean, the cool thing about a Peter Green guitar is you have two volumes, so you can kind of like roll one back and it goes away.
1: That's okay. So the one aesthetically there's, when I look at that guitar, there's something off about it. This? and so Yeah. And I figured out what it is. Hold it up. Hold it up so I can get a good look at it. I think it's an attractive guitar.
0: I, I think so,
1: but there's there's one thing that's really bumming me out about the aesthetics of that guitar, and it's the knobs are too far apart. Like, why is the volume and tone knob that far apart?
0: It it doesn't feel it doesn't feel weird. Yeah, but it looks weird to me. I like it. Uh, one thing I probably will do is um, all the plastic. I think I'm going to make it cream because that, that'll be cool. Because like you know, it's a sunburst looking thing, and Tony. Dudzik from uh, Pit Guardian. He does the the uh the guitar knobs. Yeah. Yeah. Guitar knobs podcast. podcast. He makes yep. Pit Guards, so I'm just gonna take this off and mail it to him and get some just like cream rings and yep. but Call no, of I, day. I, I I I kinda I I I feel like the volume knob is kinda like trying to do the strat thing where you can swell yeah. and still right. pick. Which no, I get I, it. I kind of prefer the volume knob to be like at a you know where Gibson is, so a little bit yeah, further away, just out of the way, because I, I I go to grab it and I go like in between.
1: Well, listen, when it comes time for the uh, Zach Broyles signature <laughs> rev star, you can, uh, you can do that. You can put your, your
0: volume knob wherever you want. I don't know if they're going to CNC a whole new thing for just me. Oh, they will. They will for you because you're an influencer. Dude, I love – God. I love <laughs> I love Chris's guitar. I remember when he was getting it, he told me what it was, and I was like, dude, that sounds like really cool. He said, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I hope so because he, he had played rev stars in the past, and – I love his guitar. The only thing I don't like is that the plastics of the P9s and plastic of his pit guard don't match, like, at all. <laughs> right. And I know that, you know, vintage Les Pauls don't match, but it just irks me. But I, I think it looks – the gold top and the the checking and stuff looks great. Yeah, it looks so, great. I mean, like, yep. if it were me and I was going to have one made, I would have this with probably a, um, a, 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 a real maple cap. Um, I mean, this may be a maple cap, but, like, you know, not veneer, you know. And in a nice nitro uh, finish with a, you know, a similar sunburst and just fancy hardware. Yeah, that's hardware. that's a poly finish on there. It's got to be, yeah, yeah. It absolutely is. Um, yeah, this I got this thing from Willie's Guitars off Reverb. Um, gave me a good deal and they shipped it real quick. Um, but it had a it had it just had a few little funny things. So you yeah, know. but that's that's buying guitars on the internet. You know, especially yeah. used ones. I yep. I roll that dice too much. I think.
1: <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean. So, uh, well, cool. I think we're going to call that season one. Of oh the pod. man. That's yeah. We're, we're going to finish up with our, uh, our, our shills here. Our shill of the week. Yeah. What's, but, what's, um, do you have a shill? I do. I do. But yeah, that's, that's season one. That's, that's we're we're wrapping it up. Season one. So here's the deal moving forward. We're going to be taping on a consistent day. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be taping Wednesday afternoons, evenings, depending on where you are in the world. So. If you are one of our Patreon members, be on the lookout for that. If you want to join up with the Patreon links down below, uh, we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, I want to say, take this a little more seriously. It sounds bad, but well, we're going to, we're going to step our game up a little bit for season two, I think.
0: I mean, it's just so hard, you know, to, to, to organize everything. Cause I you know when we first started, I think we we needed the creative outlet and something that was a distraction in like a positive way. Yeah. Um, and it 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 turns into work which is you know it's a good thing but then when you have other work that you know is putting food on the table and taking care of the family and everything else it's like it kind of takes precedence and it it sucks and i feel oh man i feel so guilty when i when i let things slide um but i'm i'm like i'm a, wa- a walking stressed out. Per- I, I, I'm always stressed. I'm just walking stressed. That's what I was trying. Hey man, to.
1: that's typical millennials. That we're all we're all walking stress balls. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's just how we roll. So uh yeah, you got that shill of the week ready?
0: Well, oh, that was that was the guitar. That was last. Okay. All right.
1: Well, I've got one.
0: Yeah. Show me. Show me. Show me.
1: And this is a stand-in for the actual shill because the actual shill is uh mounted on my pedal board, my touring pedal board in its case, but. Uh, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the the gold, right? But this is a stand-in for the mule near, just the straight oh. ahead mule near. So, uh, for these shows I've had the last couple of weeks with Noah, I put my uh, yeah pulled my touring board back out. It has the mule near on it, mm-hmm. and been playing the Bad Cat Cub Forty R with my Port City Two Twelve Cab, and I have been so happy with the tone of that rig for Noah's gig. The past few shows have been some of the best sounds I've ever had on Noah's gig ever. And I've been using a couple of different drives with the, uh, with the, the bad cat. And the thing I like about the bad cat is it comes with the foot switch. You can switch the preamp tubes between 12 ax7 and ef86 and then also the fat switch the fat boost is controlled on a foot switch so i'm doing most of my gain staging with the amp itself and then i'm just for solos or for heavy rhythm parts i'm just hitting the front end of the amp a little harder with either the mule near or the steel string supreme from vertex that pedal works really well with the bad cat but the last two shows i literally was just using the mule near and the bad cat and a little bit of delay and reverb and that was the whole rig I, I had my i could have paired my entire pedal board down to three pedals oh man uh and it it just it slapped slapped hard
0: that's great i you know it's funny uh i was playing it uh when jeff started i, I kind of gave him a rundown on what all the pedals sounded like and um i was playing the mjolnir and i was thinking it might be a little too dark but no okay no it's, it's be- not Okay, good. I've
1: got I've got the tone like right at one o'clock, and it's brighten it's brightening up the bad cat, which yeah. is what I want when I'm hitting like a when I want a solo boost or I want the guitar to step forward. I want it to be brighter. Yeah. Uh. And yeah, the the is doing that. And I'm actually not running that much gain. It's really more of just a boost with right. a touch of gain. Um. Because well, the amp's already got some some good overdrive
0: in it. Because how I've tweaked how I tweaked it, and thank you by the way. <laughs> um. It, 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 you know, I d- kind of dialed, I wanted it to be more everyman friendly. And so I I took the gain back. I kind of reduced the overall brightness and, and increased the low mids and try to fatten it all up. But I, I get in my head about it. You know, I'm like, you know, just brushing my teeth thinking, I think the Mjolnir is too dark. No, um, it's not. Okay, good. Because I, I played it here through the Deluxe and I was like, man, this thing is dark sounding. I don't know. Maybe it was just, it might be a crappy cable. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it might be a bad cable. So, but yeah, I, I I love it, man. So I'm actually gonna be, I think, overhauling the uh, the board, the touring board that Mason built a couple of years oh, ago.
0: I thought of a shill, but go ahead, keep talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell
1: the people about this. So um, early on in my YouTube channel, you know, I did a video with Mason from Vertex where I flew out to Oakland. And we built a pedal board, and that has been my primary pedal board for three years. I've used it on just about every gig. Um, I've done since then, and it's it's in need of some work. Um, I talked about this in my vlog from last week, but uh, some of the cables have are, are a little bit iffy. Uh, the Stryman bridge got bent sometime in transit somewhere. It's like bent a little bit. Um, and so I think I want to upgrade to one of the newer vertex boards, the bent sheet metal boards with the riser. And um, we're going to go with an RJM switcher. I'm going to move away from the Boss switcher. Going with one of the RJM ones because it's going to simplify the rig and it's got a built-in tuner. So that's one less pedal I have to have on my board. And uh, we're going to go with the new SP400 uh, square plug ends, new cabling. I might make some pedal changes as well.
0: Um, But, yeah, we're going to overhaul the touring board. Great. You said bent metal. Yep. And I thought of this. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus, what the hell is that? So this... This is, see see that crank handle there? Yeah, baby. So this is a resistor lead bender. So what you do is you can buy resistors on tape, basically. Right. And you feed it in here. There's like a tooth gear and uh, some arms and a cutting, like a pair of cutting wheels. And you crank this thing. What? it, It pulls the resistors through bends the legs to whatever spacing you want them to be bent to and cuts them. So they just fall through the board and you just have a tiny amount of lead poking through. I bought this because I mean, every Wildwood we, we put the parts on and that, that was part of the thing. They want it to have, they want us to do it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, it's awesome, but it's also very taxing. So I thought it's heavy. There's so, some gravity in that, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I had I had all, we'd bent every resistor by hand. I mean, over the, the course of me building pedals, I've, who knows how many thousands and thousands and thousands of resistors and diodes I've bent by hand. I bought this on Amazon. It was like 280 bucks, maybe less. I don't know. Uh, and you, once I got it set, you just crank it and just in seconds, they're bent and cut. And you still have to clip them once you solder them. But it, it's going to save hours. Like, yeah, uh, I feel It'll really for dumb. Itself. I feel for really itself. dumb. <laughs> I showed it to Dennis. He's like, Oh man, you should have one that because you can make him bend other shapes. He's like, You oh, just have yeah. one for everything. I was like, Yeah, just you're so right. Yeah, the guys are just <laughs> cranking.
1: That's badass. Well, there you go, everyone. That is our show of the week. And that is. Calling it quits for episode or (laughs) season one episode, whatever the hell we're on at this point. Who knows? The last episode of season one. Yeah. The last episode of season one. Thanks everyone. Who's uh, who's watched and listened and subscribed and joined the Patreon over the last year. Uh, It has been, it has been a enjoyment season two. We're going for world domination. That's it. That's it. We're going to take over the guitar podcasting world.
0: We're going to get there with all of your help. So you're damn right. All right. All right. See y'all. Bye, everybody.